Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Rosalind, your hostess with the Motus, here at uh, my corner, Rosalind's corner. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. Uh, tonight, you know, we always like to have a good show and be informative and, you know, all that's going on in, in the world today. We want to keep it real, keep it real. So we're bringing in some new stuff. Um, well, really not new, but some informative information, you might want to say, because we're dealing with so many issues uh, with uh, the politics and everything that's going on in this nation, which you should always be aware of what's going on. But first, you know, we always like to talk, you know, about our company and everything that's going on with T25CL, and we look forward to bringing on more artists. Uh, bringing on those independent music artists who has the talent to get it out there on the stage. And not only in the stage, we want to get it out there worldwide. So we invite you to go to www.t25cl.com. That's www.t25cl.com. Visit our website. Look at the great, great movies we have. You've got to get your 90. We stand 595, everybody. Look. Rent it, you will be amazed. And it's going to be very, very entertaining and heart-wrenching as well. Um, also, the music. We have great music with independent music artists, and um, we're having great things coming up as well. We're going to have uh, music, concerts, uh, spoken word. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to try and do it all, you know. I'm not really getting ready because we've been doing it, but we're going to be enhancing a lot more things. All right. Well, you know what? Tonight, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I, I thought I would bring a to the forefront. Um, what's going on with this cabinet nomination? Okay. I know we, we haven't talked enough about Trump, but let's talk about some of these people that he's brought to the forefront uh, to be in this cabinet. Of his, okay. So you know, um, when we talk about Trump, he ran a presidential campaign championing the working and middle class. Yet he has put together the richest cabinet in modern American history, and the estimated median for any household in these United States is roughly around fifty-five thousand dollars. Okay. So tonight, when we talk about the cabinet position, Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of Treasury, Attorney General, Secretary of Commerce, Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Education, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Secretary of State, Secretary of Homeland Security, 
Department of National Intelligence, Secretary of Energy, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Interior, Agriculture, Veteran Affairs, Director, Office Management and Budget, Administrator, Environmental Protection Agency, the UN Ambassador, Small Business Administration, and U.S. Trade. And then you have the White House staff. You have the Chief of Staff. You have the uh, National Security Advisor. You have Communications Director. You have the Press Secretary. And then you have Senior Advisors. Now, when you talk about, um, well, I guess we are going to talk about Trump, right? yeah. But he has about um, maybe 4,000 governmental positions to fill. Okay, including some of the most important posts in the United States government. He has focused on people with business instead of government experience. That was his aim to make good on his promise to shake up Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what has been done. But he also has picked a less uh, racially diverse. Let me say that again. He has also picked a less racially diverse cabinet than his predecessors, okay? Now, what I wanted to do is look at some of those who were nominated, okay? And we're going to go through this list because some of these people, you're going to be saying, wow, really? Um, Do they really possess that much? (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they do. Um. We're going to take some calls on because we got an open forum tonight. Uh, Carla, who's calling in right now? Go ahead and give me your name. Oh, hi, it's Lisa. Hi, Lisa, my favorite and faithful caller. Well, we we get ready to bring in the fourth. Okay, we're bringing the cabinet forth, okay? And so we're okay. going to bring a, a, some some awareness of these people and their position. Okay, uh, we have another caller. Caller, who's this calling in from New Jersey? Yes, good night. How are you? Hello, hello. <laughs> Great having you back, Alex. Great having you back. Well, you yes. know, tonight we're we're we're, we're going to talk about the cabinet. Uh, what you know about the cabinet? Oh boy. <laughs> well, um, they're part of the top. Point one percent. So um, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, yes they are. Yes they are. Well, you know, I, I like to. I would like to start with the press secretary. Okay. Now the press secretary, who is Sean Spicer, had held the title of Washington press secretary for maybe just a few hours when he stormed into the briefing room to just just get down, abashed of the press. Uh, over coverage of the Donald Trump inauguration, okay? Uh, many of the claims made by Mr. Spicer was uh, was false, including that a ground covering had made uh, use for the first time, uh, which made the crowds look smaller, come on, than they were. Come on, people. You can look at the pictures, oh, the numerous pictures of how large the crowd was between Trump and Obama and that the audience was the largest in history. Can you believe that? Uh, 
once uh, one of uh, Spice's colleagues, uh, senior Trump advisor uh, Kellyanne Conway, later defended him, and that's another person we like to talk about, Kellyanne Conway, uh, defended him saying that he was merely uh, stating alternative facts. Now, we're going back over them alternative facts, okay, because she's been caught on that one. But Mrs. Spicer joined Trump's inner circle from the Republican National Committee, where he served as communications director and was a close ally of uh, Priebus, the former chairman of the RNC, who is now White House Chief of Staff. Come on, they're keeping it in the inner circle. So Mr. Spicer also holds the title of White House um, communications director, meaning he will be responsible for both creating communications, um, uh, com- communications policy and executing it as the administration's public face. So you see his face out there all the time, okay? Um, but even during a previous administration, these jobs were separate, and the merger indicates the high regard Mr. Trump, or President Trump, and previous have for Spicer. Okay, uh, Spicer, he's a Navy, a U.S. Navy reservist with the rank of, of commander and has been a longtime communications hand in Republicans, uh, in the Republican politics. So he's been there for a, a minute, okay? But like I said, he serves as the uh, chief strategist and the communications director at the Republican National Committee, where he's worked since 2011. And previously, he had worked as the uh, assistant and the U.S. trade uh, representative for media. So he, he, he's um, used to being out there in the, in the public eye. But the thing of it is, despite all these years as a spokesman, okay, he has had a time of being combative with the press, okay? He, uh, in, let me see, according to the New York Times, he was furious in 93. Uh, when the student newspaper at uh, Connecticut College, where he was a member of the student government, had, uh, identified him as uh, what they call him, uh, Sean Spinkner. Spinkner, okay? And if anybody knows the medical term for Spinkner, okay? While those involved claimed that this was a copy joke that went unnoticed. But you know what? It didn't go unnoticed because it was right here, okay? Uh, since then, he has reportedly criticized uh, CNN, oh, we know Trump criticized. He can't stand CNN. Oh, they have a very, very poor relationship. But time goes on, and we want to see what is going to happen, okay? So we have Spicer, who is the press secretary, and those people that have been nominated. Now, I'm going to go over these people because these individuals have actually been nominated, okay? Even General, uh, they call him Mad Dog Mattis. Uh, he was nominated. Um, uh, a key figure in the Iraq War, uh, Mattis led troops and ultimately saw U.S. oversaw the U.S. Uh, Central Command. Um, and he also uh, was the candidate who had held a high regard. Trump held him in high regard throughout the the ranks of the Marine Corps during his 44 years of service. Uh, he was a seasonal uh, combat commander and he led a, a task a force in the southern Af- Afghanistan, and so he's got this military background, okay, but he was attracted uh, 
it's attracted controversy. He had a large controversy in 2005 where he said, it's fun. This is what he said. It's fun to shoot some people. Well, it may be so because, you know, hey, that's how some people feel. While addressing servicemen in San Diego, he ultimately rose to oversee the U.S. Central Command, and then he would require a waiver for Congress to be eligible for the position. So service members must uh, actually uh, usually wait seven years before being eligible to even be in Congress. But with Republicans in control on that hill and the general praise for this general's career, a waiver would likely be uh, just a formality, and he would get in, and he did. He got in, okay? He actually got his nomination, okay? But the, the, the key conversation here with him is that he may have already changed Trump's mind about waterboarding. I'm going to let that sit for a minute, okay? Because we all know about the controversy about waterboarding. And then, of course, his nickname, they call him Mad Dog Mads because he got his name uh, after the Battle of Fallujah and kept it for his um, uh, plan uh, where he spoke forth and just, again, waterboarding. Okay? So, uh, any comments, question or comments so far? Because this is no, we're just, informative. We're, we're just listening into the um, background details, and then w- once we get into it, then we'll start, we'll, we'll give our comments. You got it. You got it. The next one is Steve Munchen. Okay? Now, he was the former Goldman Sachs partner turned Hollywood producer with an estimated net worth of $40 million. Now, he worked at Goldman Sachs for 17 years, right? And he joined the Trump campaign as a finance chairman in May. Now, these days, uh, he's in Hollywood producing and putting on films and introducing his past summers. Uh, he did Suicide Squad, matter of fact, as well as American Sniper and the Lego Movie. And his latest uh, film uh, due in uh, the theaters pretty soon, Rules Don't Apply. But he has contributed to both the Republican and the Democratic candidate, including Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2008 when, uh, when he made, when he she had that presidential run against uh, Obama. He gave to uh, Barack Obama's Senate and presidential campaign and to Charles Schumer, the new Democratic leader in the Senate. So Munchen also worked with uh, George Soros, the billionaire financier who was bankrupt, okay, and then he bankrolled uh, liberal candidates and causes and who was uh, depicted as a villain in Trump's uh, latest campaign ad in 2009. Uh, And so during 2009, during the real estate uh, collapse, everybody remembers that, uh, Munchton led a group that brought failed subprime lender IndyMac for pennies on the dollar. Now, if everybody remembers about Munchton, uh, he um, um, key to putting little old people out on the, the streets, foreclosing on homes, okay? Who is Munchen? The U.S. economy, as, as explained, um, he's, he's um, what you call a straddling the fence, being in Hollywood and being in the government as well. 
And that's what I don't, that's another thing I don't, I can't fathom right there, but that's where you go. Um, but he promises to, and he pledges, he pledges biggest tax cuts since Reagan. Okay, this is what he says. And he's made billions off the 2008 crisis. Like I said, putting the grandma and all of those out on the street for closing on homes. Before I go further with uh, the other ones I have, what, what do you have to comment on there, uh, Alex? Anything you want to know or anything that you know already? Well, I mean, I've been um, intermittently watching the nomination of the hearings, and I um, it's, it's concerning the type of people that he's uh, chosen for these cabinet positions. And, and it's just kind of weird to me how... Uh, think, things that are being allowed to happen have these are these are setting some precedents. These are things that have never been allowed to happen, and I'm wondering why uh, why no one is speaking out about these controversial uh, nominations and you know what's really behind this. That's really what my question is uh, tonight. Um, you know, you're you're bringing up these these nominees that are uh, that Trump has chosen for business people with no political background um and and has uh and they've been nominated despite questions about you know their their background their what what their finances and their business mhm mhm cuz that and that is going to be key um on the rest of these individuals that um uh, that we're going to um go over okay uh, Lisa, do you have any comment, or you're just you just uh, sitting back taking it all in, huh? Um, well, no, I pretty much agree with everything she was saying. You know, um, these people are you know businessmen and not really politicians. So you know, um, I was really surprised that all of them were pretty much, pretty much, you know, cleared. And what about, you know, Ben Carson, you know, the surgeon who's going to be, I guess, the housing and urban oh, development? Oh, we're going to go over him. Yeah, we got, we got, I got plenty of information on him as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, All right, yeah. Let's do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. So, okay, let, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, uh, of course, I can't go over them all, but I'm going over the ones that really stood out, okay, that really stood out. And, of course, Jeff. Sessions was another. Okay. Now, if we remember about Jeff Sessions, and I, I wanted to uh, bring him up onto my board because with him, uh, he has represented Alabama in the U.S. Senate since 1997. Uh, he was the first sitting senator to endorse Trump's presidential campaign and was a man of, uh, was a was a main circuit for him uh, in the campaign trail. Sessions was nominated to be a federal judge early in his career, but but could not get past Senate confirmation after allegations, which he denied that he had made racist comments. He's been a key component uh, and a key opponent of comprehensive immigration reform on Capitol Hill. Uh, Trump offered Sessions the job of Attorney General in November 18th. And guess what, y'all? After all that, got nominated. Of course, the 
Democrats uh, fought back tooth and nail because um, he was under the spotlight for a while. Um, and another thing, you, you wonder about that, okay? You're wondering about how did that how did that really happen? How did that come about? Um, then um, Jeff Sessions he he faced some critical questions, um, but after all that went through and all all the Democrats you know had brought down on him, he still got the he still got the confirmation. Okay, um, let's go but on just- to the government. No, before yeah, we move yeah. on, before we move on from Jeff Sessions, but you know, um, during his hearing, the um, the son of the man that he convicted, because uh, there was a there was a group of I think it was three people in Alabama. They were activists, right? Um, mm-hmm. That he br- brought up on charges uh, uh, regarding voter fraud, right? Because what these uh, black people were doing, these three black people, um, I forgot, there's a name that they called the three of them, but it was down there in Alabama. They were um, signing people up to vote, right? And he actually uh, took them to court um, and con- and they got convicted of voter fraud. So um, fast forward to present day, uh, the son of the guy that was convicted came on and actually defended Jeff Sessions stating that um, they they um, that he wasn't he didn't act in a racist way when he um, when he um, when he took when he when he took you know that whole court during that whole court case, which was actually in contradiction to what the son's mother, which is the wife of the person that got convicted, uh, the mm-hmm. wife that the mother said. It was a racial thing, but you know it's politics. It's it's very confusing. Um, from looking back at his history, I sincerely believe that this guy does not have the interest of every American. He only has the interest of select Americans at heart, and we're going to see it play out. But the one thing I want to just um, plug out there is that November 2018 is coming soon. 33 Senate seats are going to be up for grabs. 435 uh, seats in the House of Representatives is going to be up for grabs. And it may be like this now, but we got to start working today <laughs> to make sure that in 2018 our our government doesn't look like what it's looking like now. Mm, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's really sad because you think about that, okay, really, what really took place behind closed doors? That's another thing. You never know what goes on behind closed doors once they had a, maybe approached that family, approached that individual and say, hey, you say this and I'll give you this. One hand washing the other. You know? Right, because, because the son is in politics. The son of that, um, the activist that got convicted of voter fraud back then, he is in politics. And I believe that he's been persuaded to say things that maybe he is not, re- that's not really how he feels because his mother who has nothing to gain or lose, you know, she's a, a citizen, just a, a regular citizen. She speaks She speaks from experience because she was there experiencing that with her husband at the time. Mm, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so, yeah, let's go on. We got, we got many go, to go here because we have the next one is uh, Wilbur Ross. And then, uh, did I say? 
Hmm, didn't bring him up, but anyway. Wilbur Ross. Now, he is the Secretary of Commerce. Got his nomination. But he has a private equity firm and wants to overhaul what he calls dumb trade deals. Okay? And his estimated worth, net worth, $2.5 billion. Billion with a dollar. With a B. Billion dollars. At first, uh, it was Todd Rickett, who was the co-owner of the Chicago Cubs. Um, and he was worth like $1 billion net worth. But um, Wilbur Ross got the nomination. And he, they said that he fits the mold uh, of the type of administration's offices or office officials uh, he'll pledge to um, appoint during the campaign. Businessmen with long resumes and billions in their bank accounts, okay, sitting at the ready to negotiate for for U.S. interests around the world. Now, this gentleman has been a, a vocal uh, vocal Trump supporter before before the election, uh, citing the need for a more radical, new approach to government that would help middle class and lower middle class Americans. Now, that was a mouthful right there. Give me your take on that, um, Alex. When, I, when he says that um, they're going to take a more radical approach, a new approach to government that would help, keyword, help the middle class and lower middle class Americans. Where do you see that going? Well, I'm not so sure because all of the, when you think about the, the it, it, it could potentially, because if you think about it, right? What are they? Um, what are they? Uh, they're they're trying to get more of the manufacturing jobs back in the country, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, you think, exactly. if you think about uh, who who are going to benefit from the, those jobs, it's going to be um, lower middle class Americans, right? Uh, your blue collar workers, your um, the people that um, may not have had a college education, but have the technical skills to get gain those jobs. So uh, in bringing manufacturing back to the U.S., that would in turn um, that would in turn um, provide jobs for those communities. So in that way, yes, uh, that that's that's where I think that's the angle that they're trying to um, they're trying to um, promote. The thing I don't mm-hmm. agree with is that. Um, you know that's fine, and there are a certain sector of the population that that that's a good thing for them, right? But what about the people who want to further their education? I haven't heard them once talk about how they're going to promote education, other than during the um, nomination hearings for I forgot the lady's name that's going up for um, uh, secretary of oh, education. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I've got her. Uh, yes, uh, Devos. Uh, yes. Devos. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. I got her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. but I want to Yeah, let me finish on Ross because um, he was the chairman of W. L. Ross and Company, and he has made a career, a career of resurrecting dying companies. Keyword: mm-hmm. resurrecting the dying companies. So fittingly, some of Ross's biggest hits have been in the same uh, demoralized industries that Trump wants to revive, like steel and coal. Uh, like for instance, Ross um, firm scored huge. He scored huge returns uh, last de- decade uh, by putting together uh, bankrupt steelmakers 
including Bethlehem Steel, to form another company, which was called International Steel Group. So he flipped, okay? He flipped the conglomerate in a $4.5 billion sale. And that was just two years ago. So he's flipping these dead companies, okay, and bringing them back to life. That's another idea. I imagine why Trump has got him in as the Secretary of Commerce. And like I said, his net worth, $3 billion. And look, he has an impressive art collection that's worth over $150 million. These are people with huge, deep, deep pockets. Okay? Now, I think I should go over uh, my lady here because Betsy DeVos was nominated as Secretary of Education. But she has this uh, in her portfolio. She's a power broker with no professional education experience, with a net worth of $5.1 billion. Okay? These folks are all starting out with B for a billion. Okay? He's surrounding himself with powerful people. But she chairs the American Federation for Children, a group that promotes charter school education. She also served on the board of the Foundation of Excellence in Education, a group led by the former uh, Florida uh, Governor Jeb Bush, who was one of Trump's GOP primary opponents, okay, which promoted both school choice and the common core education standards that Trump opposed, okay? Trump opposed. So he's bringing on people that not only were with him but that opposed him, but what's in common is that these are very, very wealthy people, okay? But she has no experience uh, or professional experience so far as education. But she's been part of foundations that would support or she promotes, like I said, the charter school, um, bringing in um, individuals who are uh, – I would just say it. Um, part of the educational system, but not. Um, you're looking for individuals who uh, know what it is to be a teacher or a professor or someone who has that uh, degree on the wall says, I've been there and I've got it. I've got it, you know, something to show that I've been there. Educating our children, educating those who are going to be our future leaders of this world. But what happened? Um, here we go. We have someone who is worth $5.1 billion who is Secretary of Education. Any thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I uh, while, while I agree, so we'll talk about her credentials first, right, which she lacks. Um, I, I and I like what Bernie Sanders asked her. If you weren't, if you weren't uh, from the family that you're from, would you be in this? Um, <laughs> would you be? Would would do you think you'd be able to be in this position now? Right. So that tells you something mm-hmm. right there. 
the second thing the second thing is that you know I believe that you know you know you know me I I go for my people one hundred percent right that is my number one priority right. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, we're being miseducated in public schools. Um, so I tend to kind of agree that we should teach our, our own children. The only problem is that because of our economical situation, we're, we need to go out and work, right? So at this mm-hmm. point, we need a better public school system. So uh, the majority of the American population, uh, their children go to public schools. So you know, I think that the the focus should be on improving the public school system so that, you know, people who can't afford to homeschool their children or send their children to a charter school can have the same equal access to education as those that are in charter schools or being homeschooled, right? So mm-hmm. I think her mm-hmm. angle is wrong. Um, she's probably going to promote that more, but it's going to affect our communities if we don't do something about it. That's why on the previous show I said we need to uh, start things within our community because we're in a type of climate right now where they don't care about us. They're doing, they, they have an agenda that has already been preset that they're going to promote for these next four years that they have in office, right? So um, knowing that we are not their priority, we need to do what we, ha- we can do at this point, which is um, form some community programs to make sure that even, you know, public school is going to get worse than it already is. They're going to promote these charter schools and uh, education choices, as they say, which is not going to benefit us because we can't take advantage of it as individuals. So we have to have community resources to pull from that money that they're going to be giving out towards these things to set up things in our community. So I don't agree with her angle um, because it's not, going to benefit. We're going to suffer because our children, the majority of our children are in public school. Exactly. Yes. Money away, then we're going to suffer. So we've got to do something to counteract that. Yeah, because the question has been brought up, is she a fighter for the kids or a destroyer, a destroyer of public schools? You know? I think, she, I think so, she's a destroyer of public schools. I, I don't think she's not a proponent of that. Um, and and the, the 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 population that's going to be affected is us if we don't do something yes. about it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, they say that it, it all sums up to the strong opinions about 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 her and about even about Trump. You know, uh, he's nominated her to the highest education role in the nation. School choice and charter advocates they praised her appointment. But then you turn around and then you have people who are slamming her. You know, like I said, is she a, a fighter for the kids or a destroyer of public schools? That's just another um, uh, situation that we are confronted with. And so we have so far these people that we have uh, read about, uh, billionaires who have had the silver spoon and we wonder, do they know or even feel about uh, how they feel about those of us down here, uh, what you call on the other, other end of the totem pole? Um, but there you go. She has and, been and you, Right. And you got to remember, you got to think about it. Like you said, they're, they're, he's getting in mil- billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires that are going to be close allies in his 
in his new cabinet, right? Do you think that those billionaires has any idea of what we go through on a daily? They can't conceptualize that. They're looking at it from a lens of a billionaire. So a billionaire can can think about the things that that we go through on on a daily basis. And he he himself said it, Trump. He says, who is he going to give tax cuts to? He's going to give tax cuts to uh, businesses, right? This is a reminiscent of the trickle-down economics that uh, Reagan had, which did not work at all. It put us, you remember in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, we were in an economic conundrum at that time mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. what Reagan did, you know. So mm-hmm. we're good, and we're in a different season now. The other, The other point I wanted to make is, his focus. His focus is on manufacturing, not on education. So he picked the right person because she is she's gonna be instrumental in taking the focus away from improving our educational system to dismantling it in a way. So if you're gonna bring manufacturer and just skilled labor into the country, you're not gonna work on improving the, the, the intelligence of this country. It's gonna dismantle it. Uh that's that's pretty much what's gonna happen. Uh if things go as they're looking like they're going to go. Um, they have no interest in educating the American populace. They want us to be uh, unskilled robots doing labor work, and, and, and that's the more unskilled and unintelligent you are is the more they have the ability to control you. Yes, yes. And you speaking about dismantle. If Trump wanted a cabinet secretary who could help him dismantle and replace President, well, former President Obama's health care law, he could not have found any more, anyone more prepared than Tom Price. Tom Price has been studying how to just accomplish just that for more than six years since Obamacare has been here. It's been his goal, and he is just chomping at the bit right now. It's already been signed. You know that. It's already been signed, how to overturn Obamacare. I watched a a news report the other night, and there was um, a news reporter going to the different homes of individuals who are getting, you know, health care only because of Obamacare of a young man who was laying in the, in the bed who had uh, who was paralyzed from the neck down and had to have uh, home care. And his uh, care, of course, um, his family could not afford it. And Obamacare helped to assist it. And, of course, you have your pre-existing conditions, okay, that Obamacare would cover. So, when he went to interview the family, and the family, the mother said, if Obamacare was to be taken away, my son would die. This is a black family. Then they went to a white family. A young lady, she was there. Um, she was in a recovering program. She was a, a drug addict. Uh, she was in a recovery program, getting her life together, and, you know, she needed assistance in doing so. And so in having Obamacare and applying, and of course, having it, she was able to get the, the care that she needed. Millions, millions of people 
will be affected by this gentleman, Mr. Price, who is an orthopedic surgeon who represents many of the northern suburbs of Atlanta, uh, speaks with a self-assurance of a doctor about to perform another joint replacement procedure. He knows the task and will, he will uh, work at it very proficiently, okay? So Trump picked him in a six-term Republican congressman to be the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And Trump's transition team announced this already. So he's already there. He's already been nominated. One of Tom Price's top priorities as health secretary would be to dismantle the sweeping health reform law that he has two predecessors spent six years implementing. This man has been implementing this for the past six years. He was waiting for Obama to get out so that they can change it. Price, who, like I said, he's an orthopedic surgeon who chairs the House and Budget Committee, has long decried, okay, Obamacare as a threat to quality and affordable health care. Before entering politics, Price spent nearly 20 years in private practice as an orthopedic surgeon. So you can tell right there he was getting um, the other end of the stick when you talk about um, uh, these uh, hospitals and and, um, private practices who did not like Obamacare, okay? He also served as a medical director of the orthopedic clinic at the Grady uh, Memorial Hospital and as an assistant professor at Emory University School of Medicine. So he spent four terms in Georgia in the state senate in 2004, and he was elected to the House of Representatives, and he was named Budget Committee Chair in 2015. But he has authored several um, um, iterations of, of, of Obamacare, uh, how to replace it, all the plans, uh, which bears many similarities to Trump's vision, that's why they get along, for health care reform and the House Speaker Paul Ryan's overhaul proposal. All three of them are working together to get Obamacare overturned. So Price's most recent bill, the Empowering Patients First Act of 2015, calls for giving refundable tax credit to those who buy policies in the individual market. The credits would be uh, adjusted by age, ranging from 1200 bucks for those age 18 to 35 to uh, 3,000 for those uh, 50 and over. Uh, the plan would uh, also offer more incentives for Americans to use health savings accounts. To use health savings account? How can you use health savings account when you're barely making it, when you're barely making the ends meet? So many people are out there and living check to check and barely making it. So how is that happening? How can a, a health savings account, including a one-time $1,000 tax credit for uh, making contributions, is going to be implemented? It caps the tax exclusion on employer-sponsored plans at $20,000 for family coverage. What if people have really said $20,000 with all the illnesses that are going on today would barely cover any medical cost. And trust me, so many people have seen it, have seen it. And I know you, Alex, I know you've seen it. Being in the medical field, 
You oh, my God. I, I, my thing is that think about um, people who get tax credits, right? Um, mm-hmm. What 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 does the average person do when they get a few extra dollars? They pay their bills, right? Exactly. And and the other thing is, it's 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 crazy to me. An average hospital stay, and I don't just talk about my patient population. For a dialysis patient who spends one week in the hospital, it's fifty thousand dollars, right? That's a big problem. Who where 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 do those costs come from? You know. The thing that they, the thing that they should be addressing is the cost of of the drugs that these pharmaceutical companies have been uh, hiking up for years and years that is insurmountable, right? Um, yeah. All of these vendors, you know, so they these people, these companies have lobbyists that go to Washington, get into these politicians' pockets, and and they dictate what happens on a healthcare platform. Having been a nurse and seeing a lot of things, especially during the advent of Obamacare, we had a lot of patients, you know, um, that were uninsured, especially here in California. Um, that's This has been the worst that I've seen it uh, with the uninsured population prior to Obamacare. And I would ask the patients, I said, you know, why why don't you um, get insurance, right? And one, uh, several patients said to me, you know what, the choice is either I get insurance or I feed my family and have a place to live. That's a choice a lot of people have, right? So what mm-hmm. they're doing, what they're doing is dismantling a program as imperfect as it is. This saves a lot of people's lives. In my in my field, um, a, a person gets diagnosed with uh, with kidney failure and crash lands into a hospital, right? At mm-hmm. minimum, they're going to stay in ICU for about two to three days, right? And they're not going to get out of that hospital for up to two weeks, right? So that's a lot of money right there. If this person is barely making it from paycheck to paycheck, a two-week stay in the hospital, and then three months of disability after that, they're out of a job, right? When they're Mm -hmm. out of a job, the employer offers them COBRA. COBRA is about $800 a month. Who can afford that? Who can afford COBRA, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like... um, and when when these 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 people, I'm telling you, they're thinking from a privileged mindset that oh yes, the average American is going to get this tax credit and they're going to put it into a health savings account for the rainy day when they get sick. They're going to use it. That is not reality. They need to come out and visit reality because um, what they're talking about is it, it, so they need to go back to those companies that charge an enormous amount. And then this guy right here having met many, 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 many doctors in my lifetime and, and had conversations with them, especially during the, the when they were planning to implement Obamacare. The gripe that doctors have, an average doctor, let's say they make about, mm, we'll say $10,000 a month as a number, right? Um, mm-hmm. With Obamacare, Obamacare is similar to Medicaid, right? So Obamacare for... Uh, average procedure, I'll just use my field, uh, for one day of dialysis, it's about, uh, I'd say, four, four to $600 per treatment, right? Um, the company submits a bill to the government under Obamacare, they'll get reimbursed $240 for that $600 bill they submitted. So the doctors are not getting paid that much. That's why the 
it's not that Obamacare doesn't work. It's that the reimbursement is lower, so the doctor's um, take-home is less, and that's why they're rejecting it. So that's where you're going to see a lot of doctors that are going to be against it because they're not getting that reimbursement that they're used to, but they're focusing on the wrong person because if you repeal this thing and say you're going to give people tax credit, what's going to happen is what was happening before that caused our hospital systems to go down the tubes. You see, we don't have that many anymore, right? Because Mm -hmm. they had to close. The people Mm -hmm. were going into the emergency room going to get, you know, they had to go to the hospital. They weren't feeling well, right? You can't turn them away at the hospital. We have something called EMTALA that prevents us from turning them away. So you've got to treat them. You've got to give them the same treatment you give everybody else. And what happens to, to, to all those costs? It gets put back as a, as a tax loss. So exactly. we're going to go back to the same place where we were before. At least, even though Obamacare is not perfect, it's it's it wasn't the original legislation that was introduced. It it's been turned around in different ways to appease the other side in order for it to get passed. But at least if if they keep it, they could refine it, not take it away and put some replacement that doesn't make sense. And on top of that, you know, Obama himself says if you come up with something better than what I've implemented, then I'm all for it. But right. hey. Because, like I say, it, it casts the tax exclusion on employer-sponsored plans at $20,000 for family coverage, and it allows insurers to sell coverage across state lines. But his bill also pushes states to create high-risk pools to insure those rejected by carriers on the individual market, and usually those who have costly pre-existing conditions. And then, on top of that, it, it limits uh, using federal funds to pay for, like, abortions and, and protect health care providers who don't want to perform abortions for religious reasons. So you have all these going, all these uh, things going on when you talk about the health care. Um, wow. It's really crazy um, what we see. And then on top of that, when you talk about all the people who are part of this, um, and I see you, callers. I'm going to get to you right now. Um, it's it's really astonishing. You know, you think about what is the mindset of these people? What are they What are they really bringing to those to you know, Mary and 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 John who are you know barely making it with their kids? Um, but ladies and gentlemen, you're here at Two Two Five CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roswell's Corner. Of course, we're having a great topic tonight because we we put. Trump on the side, because we want to know about this cabinet of his and all these people who are so far nothing but billionaires, billionaires with no experience or barely any experience into the positions of which they've been elected or nominated. Uh, So we're looking to see exactly what they're going to do. Okay, we have a caller from Southern California. Uh, Caller, give us your name. Where are you calling in from? Oh, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Hey, Zoe, how's it going, sir? Oh, I'm fine. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. You know we talk about this cabinet. That ain't no cabinet. That ain't no but a cabinet of American gangsters up in there. That's all. Uh-oh, come on. Bring it. Bring it to the table. Come on. Tell the world. They Tell are. World. That's it. they just a bunch of... American gangsters. We finally have somebody up in there that's an American gangster. I mean, look at it. I mean, the way he talked, a lot of people in the streets, he talks about what we talk about. 
You know, if you really hear what he speaks of, he's rude as I don't know what. He's disrespectful as I don't don't know what. But he he talks about and he hits the point on what people talk about or what they complain about. I mean, seventy five percent of the things he talk about is what people complain about. I mean, people talk some, talk about that out in the streets. Like, man, you know what? He is hitting the point about that situation because we have talked about it. We have elaborated on it. You know, I have heard these type of conversations because he do hit certain points that's kind of valid. But it's and I, the reason why I say it's an American gangster for president because this man on casinos, uh, hotels, uh, construction companies. I mean, and it takes power to run those type of things. And America got kind of soft now. And it just shows you that money rules of all evil. And we right back to the same thing we've been seeing on television. I mean, it's just like watching a movie. That's what it looked like to me. It's like me watching a movie where Esau Morales is president or a woman was president. or You know what I mean? Think about all the movies we done watched. And it was just about a president, but... It's just the character of a president, and that's just what's really happening in real life now. Look how him and his wife don't even get along. They don't even hold hands. Like they haven't seen him kiss in front of nobody yet. He did an air and kiss. That, did you see? I, I saw the air kiss uh, that he did um, at the uh, inauguration. Um, and, I mean, people, they, they play that over and over, you know, and they barely hold hands. And you wonder about that, the sampleship that yeah, they're wonder. presenting. Right, and you wonder if he can't, if, if his family's not together, how do you think he's going to hold America together? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, we got another caller calling in from uh, Central Pennsylvania. Give us your name. Where are you calling in there from? Hey, calling from Erie, Pennsylvania. Hi there. It must be hey. my sister Mary. Hi, Mary. It's How Mary. You doing? Hey, hey, you know, you know what we. You know they voted this guy in, but we, every everybody in America is losing focus on what we act, what's actually going on. Now they, he want, he talked about shipping out the shipping the the Mex, the, the um, Hispanics out and and sending the Africans the black people back to Africa, and you know he wants to get rid of all these people, but he wants to keep the Asians. And the reason behind all of that, and, and then you have to wonder where they got all their money from to be able to do all of this stuff and buy all of these things, and, and, and they're stealing it from the indigenous people. That's why the prison is so full of, of people, because they still have not filled out their paperwork for their nationality, for their, their, their um, oh, God. Naturalization papers. Once they fill out those naturalization papers and they also um, fill out the paperwork, you know, to uh, as far as their birth certificates are concerned, and there's a, there's a short way to do that also, then, then we take away all their power because our money comes back home. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to erase our identities. That's what they're doing, and that's how they're getting rich. They're, they're taking all this, this money from these bonds, and they're incarcerating all these people so, so they'll never get the word on, on how, to, how to become a, a real human being, not just some straw person. But the reason why they want to get rid of all these people, because they're all Catholics, first of all, because, and they think they're all better than everybody else because they're Catholic. 
but they went. The Catholics went over to Africa and stole their religion. And they stole everybody's religion, and it's the devil's work. And except for the Asians, so now they want they want the Asians to stay so they can learn their religion, and they do. They and and they won't tell anybody that they all study the Quran. They all walk around with the Quran. They have Qurans. They don't read any other book other than the Quran, and they practice this this Catholic ritual, which they put voodoo from Africa, Santeria from the from the Hispanics. As soon as they get all the rest of these um, nationalities and and tribes, they probably have all them because they want them out. But once they get Asia, the devil is alive. Mm, mm, They're already evil. They're already evil. That's why they can go out and kill people the way they do and sleep at night. And the reason they do that is because they are Catholic, because they have been raised that if, if you go out and you kill somebody, as long as you make it to confession and you confess your sins and you go home and you do your 10 Hail Marys and your 20 uh, Our Fathers, and don't do it anymore. You confess your sins to a priest, and he tells you to do that. You're forgiven. You're free to go and kill somebody else and come back next week. And confess it all over again. And do it all over again. Yeah. Confess yeah. enough. Confess, I'm forgiven, and that's it. So wow. we yeah. need to get our, our naturalization papers and then change who we are with that fictitious birth certificate Fix that. Once we do that, we take back all our power, and the and America will have fallen. Come on. All right. Anybody else want to comment? Yes. Yes. I love it. And the reason and the and the reason I know this is because I'm down in Georgia. The, uh, the the government in Erie, Pennsylvania, just came down here with the police and stole five of my grandchildren. They now have seven of my grandchildren. Why? We have done nothing to break the law. It's because of this, what I'm talking about right now, because we haven't filled out the naturalization. We haven't changed that bond over. And do you know once we do that, they, we are not bound by their laws and their rules. They cannot put you in jail for any reason because, you're of a, we're of a different culture, and they are not equipped to, 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 to deal with us, you know, to, well, to um, reform yeah, us. Yeah, but what, how did he come get your children? What made him they come get your children? They told my son he didn't even have a right to those children because he's black and she's white. She's done everything under the sun to break the law, and they have it in front of him. Is they're just the same? And they don't care because they want that money to stay in Pennsylvania. They don't care what happened to my grandchildren. They don't care if they put them in the system as long as that money stays in Pennsylvania. If they put them in foster care, they're still the straw person, so their government is still going to collect that money. Do you know when you fill out that paperwork and you do that paperwork for your birth certificate, which is that bond, every holiday, every birthday, (coughs) your children, excuse me, under the age of 18, they deposit $30,000 in the bank every holiday, every birthday for those children under 18 once that paperwork is done. And this is what they don't want us to know. Not only that, they're stealing the religion. They've already stolen, and they're using it. In the Catholic Church, you go in the Catholic Church, and, the, and, the, and, and what is that? What's that? The secret organization of the Illuminati? Mm-hmm. Same thing. 
That's the same thing. You know, they go through the rituals of voodoo and Santeria, and they all study the Quran. They all carry the Quran. But because we're so distracted on what they're going to do next, what, they, what are we going to do? Get that paperwork done. We bring America to its knees. And I think that's one thing that's what's so bad. What we really need to think about is, we're, like, you, you hit it right, the nail around the head, when you said we're always so worried about thinking about what they are going to do next instead right. of saying what are we going to do next. That's right. So if we as a people we just get our heads out of the sand and say, hey, this is what we have to do, and we need to come together. It starts with one person, but we can't do it alone. And we need to come together as a people. We need to come together as an organization. As, and Trump said if we don't do it, Trump said if we don't do it, he's going to cut it off so that we can't do it. So, you know, the the, the issue And look at how many people, look at, the, look at the masses that they have in prison to keep them from getting that knowledge, to keep them from, from filling out that paperwork. Because once they declare their, their, their sovereign rights, they have to open those doors and let them out because they're not bound by the, they're not bound by the, the, the law of the land. Because they're not equipped to... to, to they're not equipped to um, reform people because we're of a different culture. So we're not bound by the laws of the land anymore. And that's, they keep us divided so we can't find out this information. We can't get this information. How are we going to get it to the prisoners in there so that once they do it, you know, they're set free? And they don't want it if, because if they, if they can get drugs up in there and they can, they can get everything else up in there, that needs to get up in there. It should. But you, 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 you got to remember, um, regarding the sovereign citizen, you got to remember Corinne Bell, what they did to her. She was a sovereign citizen, and, you know, they killed her pretty much. That happened last year, young girl. Wow. In front of her two sons. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember that? She was, mm-hmm. um, she was what uh, Mary's talking about, the sovereign citizen. Uh-huh. So anyone, um, the government tracks anyone who um, um, openly uh, uh, declares that they're a sovereign citizen. So if you're going to do something like that, you have to be very careful and discreet. And there's a way of doing it. There's a way of doing it. Because you're allowed to change, you're allowed to change your name, and you're allowed to change your social security number one time. But they don't tell people that ever. That's correct. That's correct. That's true. That's correct. That's very true. Very true. So once you change your name and you change your social security number, they can't they can't really track you because now you've changed your name, you've changed your, your social security number and they really can't track you. But you, you have to send it back to the to the Moors and, and where those paper, that paperwork needs to go because they're the ones that submit it to the government. And then you go through a ceremony with them to change your name. Once they change your name, then you apply for your, your new Social Security number under your new name. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are here at T25CL, Gallery Talk Radio, here at Roswell's Corner. Very informative tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting it out there on the street, getting it out there on the airwaves, getting across the board and across the globe. 
here at Chicken Five CL at Robin's Corner, uh, talking about everything that's going on. So much information that we need to be able to come together uh, and you know to decipher and to, and, to, and to bring this information to the masses. If we were bringing so much information to the masses, can you imagine what we can do? That's right. Everyone needs to be done. Don't imagine it. We need to do it. That's right. But it takes strong people who have a mindset that we are going to attain. If if Lorenzo if Lorenzo is still on the line, Lorenzo Roslin, she's there. Go ahead, Lorenzo. If you all if you all will, since you have my number. Text me your address, and I will send you a copy of those naturalization papers. You just send it to the All address. All righty, then. I shall want a copy of it. Yep. Uh, I, I, yep. I've gone. Well, just so you all know, I've gone out, and I've copied that paperwork, and I have a stack of it now. Mm. Mm. See, and, and, but things, but things cost money. <laughs> things cost oh. money, so it, it cost me a pretty penny to get as many copies as I want, and I wanted as many as I can get, so I have it now. So if you all text me your address, I will mail a copy to you. Please copy it as many times as you can, and just keep let's just keep mailing it out there. You got it. That's you right. Got it. We'll do it. Because yeah. I'm talking yeah. about Compton politics. Compton <laughs> 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 corner. Um, 
That was me. That was me. Oh, okay. Um, no, because she was saying Miss Roslyn, Miss Roslyn. <laughs> oh, oh. Go ahead. Who was that? I don't know. Oh, okay. no, that was that, that that was me. But um, we'll hold it for the end for last comment. Okay. And and, and you know, Rosalind, all that that you're talking about with Kanye and Steve Harvey, distractions, distractions. Yes. Anything yes. to keep them. Wait, 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 man. You 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 took the words right out of my mouth. There's a there's a there's a noise in the back yes. that keeps scratching. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Let me. I'm going to mute. Okay. All right, that better. Yes, that's better. That's better. Uh, that was the call from New York. They doing something. Um, but anyway, yes, that was a distraction. That's all. Very much. Cloak and, cloak and dagger. What, what yes. can we get? What can we get the black people to to, to look away and, and and pay attention to and get them distracted so they won't come together and do what needs to be done before it's too late. Yes, that was it. That was it. Um, yeah, because because yeah. what 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 explanation did those guys offer for being there? Okay, he said come and see them. If he asked me to come and see him, I'm going to go and see what he's talking about. But it's just a distraction. And on top of that, you could have did that undercover. You could have did that. Right. Said, you don't have to have all of everybody coming out the elevator all strutting. Oh, you know, but that's that's just everybody's opinion. That's our America's opinion. America's that's watching. But we do have a caller calling all the way from Maine. Uh, give us your name, caller, and where are you calling in from? No, nope, one Maine. of them. Caller from Maine, Hello? are you there? Yes, hi. 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 Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Maine. Okay, and what's your name? <laughs> I don't know, I just hate black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should mute one of one of Donald Trump's people. <laughs> no, he's gone. He hung up. Uh, but you know, hey, we got those callers. We have those callers. Okay. Yes, yeah, spies. We have those callers. Um. <laughs> um. But anyway. <laughs> um, That's funny. About, I know, huh? <laughs> Uh, I mean, they be coming out the woodwork. They come out the woodwork. Hey. Yeah, yeah well, we 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 gotta, we gotta address that. We gotta address oh, yeah. it because because you, you know what, um, you know what, we'll we'll just we'll just uh, add this part in. Um, all those black people that Trump called um, to the Trump Tower. It's not the fact that they went because we need to go. We, it's not the first time that's we're right. gonna talk to. A, that's not the first time we're gonna talk to a racist. We've been talking to racists. Right, but the, the 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 issue with them coming because I don't have any issue with them going, but the issue I have with them is when they came out with Trump and how he paraded them like buffoons and they didn't have anything. So if I was a black person going to uh to Trump Tower, I would have a list of things that I'm gonna demand from Trump for my people, right? Uh, right. They came out and they were like, oh, he's a nice guy you know, this, that, and the other. I'm like, no. I would come out and say, you know what? I went in there with some things that I think we need as a community. It's a different way of, of presenting yourself. The way they presented them after they went to see Trump, it showed that that, that he was just using them for buffoonery. You know, it had nothing to do with us. If they went for something for us, different story. They went for something for them. 
So, you know, mm-hmm. that's a distraction. It's a distraction that they're trying to make us make us think, because look who they presented, Martin Luther King III, right? That's symbolic, right? right. Don King, supposed to be an iconic figure in sports for us, right? You know, even though he's a coon, they look like they dusted him off from the nursing home and brought him out there. But anyway, right. <laughs> that's Kanye what West. Yeah, Kanye West. Look at Kanye West. He's supposed to appeal to the younger generation that's into that hip-hop and stuff. So, you know, iconic figures. But the way they presented them after the meeting made them look like a bunch of fools because they had nothing to say why they went there if it was in the interest of our people. That's right. Well, listen, um, we're getting ready to wrap it up now, but I I just wanted to go over a little bit about Ben Carson because I wanted to save him for last because he has literally no background in housing policy, urban development, or running a large organization. You know, in fact, as recently as last week, he he said he didn't even um, want to try, but now, of course, we know that's changed now because he's actually got the nomination. Okay? Um, but like you said, in, it's not that we want to think of him as the token, uh, because his cabinet um, is, you know, we know that um, all uh, white people. Um, but Ben Carson, and that's another thing why uh, Steve Harvey thought he was being brought up there to assist Ben but Carson you know, with housing and urban. But, but that, that, you think about that, okay? Just think about but that. Ben, but Ben Carson, Ben Carson was a, was a, a respected doctor at one time. Very much and, so. And, and people believed and they trusted in him. And you know, it doesn't take a a a a a a brain surgeon to know who needs housing and who doesn't. So you know, they just you know he, he was in the running. He was in the race at one time. He stuck around, you know, and, and you know, and they kind of hold him in high regards. So I don't have a problem with him being in that in the housing development. That's nothing. That's nothing. You know, they just tied him to a seat, but it's Trump and and, and the Rockefellers and, and all those people that, you know, they're really one family. They're one entity, and and it's because they're collecting that money that I've been talking about. That's how the rich get richer. And then because they have all this power, they steal even our inheritance. So they have control over all the money. Because the lawyer you get, he's gonna. They steal it all. They have it. They've been stealing it. So, you know, Ben Carson being in the housing, he better help people get housing and need housing. I don't know if a lot of people mm-hmm. need housing anymore, except for the baby boomers. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. you know, and this, yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Couldn't agree with you more. But I, I I'm, I'm gonna leave this this comment with you because I mean, it really, uh, it really sums up what's been taking place with the uh, nominations of his cabinet because in this uh, individual uh, president's mind and we think, you know, the Carson's behavior deserves a reward. You know, he, he first didn't want it, now he's got it. Um, right. and it. And if that means handing control of a cabinet agency to a man or a woman who has no idea what to do with that bureaucracy so be it. That's that's that's. I'm 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 looking at that. What his mindset is. We really would like to know what is 
what is going on up in that orange head, you know. But expertise is the only important thing to people who don't vote for him, who didn't vote for him, okay? So, of course, Trump's administrations will be affected with a group of people who have no idea what they're doing. But since Trump doesn't take governing seriously because he's a businessman, he's not a politician, never in the history of the United States has an individual um, been a businessman and never been in politics. But he doesn't take government seriously, and he's leading a, a post-policy party that doesn't seem to factor much of, into what he's thinking. So you think about what, what, what is his mindset? Where is he taking this country? There's such a divide um, with um, people of color and white people. There's, and, of course, we've got people, Caucasians who are on the, on the side of, you know, the, the people of color. And then you have the large um, Million Woman March, and the, the conversation goes on and on and on. And, okay, now, all right, it's time to stop. It's time to move forward. What That's are right. we going to do to make these situations better? Um, the only so many thing people we don't look for him. Don't look for him to be in office that much longer. But hey, he may he may fool us. We don't know. We don't know what's going on in his mind right now. He's looking to overturn a lot of things. This is a business man. That's right. And he's a dollar. And, and you know, there's, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing yeah. we can do about the government. There's nothing we can do about his position in politics. You know, you know, there's nothing we the people can do. They can march all they want, but they have control of the money, and that's where they have to be hit. Because once they start, once they see that uh, the people, the Americans are waking up, they're reclaiming their their sovereignty and their rights, and that money starts. That money stops because see, they put money on those bonds, and it goes. It pays the representatives. You just don't know how much money are on those bonds. But once America does that, it takes away their power because it takes away their money. That's where they're collecting their money from. They're not going out earning any money. They're buying stores. Yes, we're buying stuff from them, but as long as they are, the, there's money coming into those bonds every year, every every holiday, and we don't claim it. That's just more money for them, more money, and it keeps them in power. There's too many people in the in the world than there are in government, and if we get those paper, that paperwork done and we claim our rights. That takes money from them, even the people in the prison system, everybody in there. If you think everybody in there, everybody in the world, fill out those, that paperwork, they're not going to get that money, and they're not going to be rich anymore because they're not going to be collecting that money anymore. And they're, go- they're not going to want anything to do with those prisoners because they're not going to get that money. Mm-hmm. And America will be free again. Mm-hmm. But you know All what, right. though? You know go what? Ahead. Go ahead. Um, what what we're witnessing right now, I think, is the top one percent in politics and in power. Because you you said you summed it up tonight. Almost everyone in his new cabinet is not a millionaire, but a billionaire. Billionaire. They're billionaires, right? So the top one percent is the control of government. That's what we're witnessing, right? Right. And then you remember I said. You know, we're going to see what's reminiscent of trickle-down economics. We're looking at Reagan's policy reenacted in the 21st century. 
just look back at the history. You know? So when they say make America great again, they're talking about them days right there. You know? Right. The 70s, 80s, 60s, you know, those are tumultuous times for us. And to that, I would say everybody in America better take up arms in more than one so when they come knocking at your door with their trouble. Right. Hmm. Come on. You know, know, and those Indians, the thing is, the thing is that we have to take those conversations out of a public venue, you know, because, you know, this right here is... As you can tell tonight, we we have intruders on our airways, right? That's so right. Are in. Um, which is good because the message needs to get out there that, you know, we're not going to take their shit anymore. They got a different kind of African that they're dealing with today. That's so, right. And those Indians... And those Indians out there in the Dakotas, they're not the Indians from yesteryear because the Indians in yesteryear, there would not be any white people over there digging holes. Right. For because any reason. At, right. If you look at a Native people from any country, when I say any country, I mean any country. Look at those people, what they look like. They don't look like the current occupants today. You know? They look different. And that's why you yeah. have a lot of white people. That's why you have a lot of white people saying, I'm a Native American. I'm, 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 a, I'm an Indian. I'm an Indian. Yes, because, no, they're already collecting, because they're already collecting that money. Right. You've got to remember the $5 Indian. You remember that? Back in the day, those white people paid $5 to be registered as a Native. You right. know, and, they, and that's how they think that they're Indian. I, I, any chance I get, I sell them. Blue-eyed, blonde hair, Becky saying she's a uh, Native American. I'm like, uh, you need to get your DNA done, right? <laughs> and and you know, get the five dollars. And it's and it's not a and it's not a racism. We're not being racist. It's the truth. And you're, yeah, I'm about to say, you know, right. it's just being true about your identity, who you are. That's right. right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL. Uh, Zoe, are you there? You want to have a last comment, sir? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I want to kind of speak about like guys like Ben Carson. The reason why he's able to get a position like that is due to the fact that it reminds me of myself when they put me as the chairman of the board for Section 8 Housing Authority. They already have a team already for that position that's going to back you up. And if you can remember back... When Ben Carson said, "All I do, all I got to do is just become that position because I have people that's going to work," and when he said that, a lot of people didn't understand what he was meaning. I understand what he meant because when I was the chairman of the board for Section Eight Housing Authority for the county, I was just the chairman. I really never spoke. I don't have to do no paperwork. All I have to do is just stand right next to the executive director. That's all I have to do because the executive director did all the talking. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, all I did was sign on a dotted line in my position as the chairman of the board. There's a protocol when you become uh, um, chosen as an elective for a position, and he's up on he's a puppet, so he's told what to do as that HUD man. He don't have to know what to do. I didn't know what to do when I was the chairman of the board for Section Eight Housing Authority, Section Eight. That means, you have, that, means, that means you have a right to vote on issues that involve that government body. No, I was a community rep, so I I um, was on the that protocol. Not some, not some, but one thing I did do, I resigned from there. 
I resigned because I found out that they was building up crimes for people. They were they are building up crimes out here against people. Oh yeah, like making because a crime for you to commit. That's right. They will they will drag you in on on false charges because as long as they have you incarcerated, you do not have access to get that paperwork that I've been talking about. <laughs> and they're yeah, going to continue. Like, and they're going to continue. And they're going to continue to collect that money if we don't do what we need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was just talking about. I was just talking about the porter car. That's why Ben Carson said that because he's already going to be told what to do as in that position. Most of those people, there's already core teams on the side of the, you know, that's just waiting to tell them what to do at the table. The stinkers like, before thinkers before thinkers. Yeah, it was like I was saying uh, the other night. I said, um, you could be the head, but if you don't have control of the body, what good are you? Right. Of course. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. Oh, my goodness, a great show, great show. We're going to do this again, of course. Um, thank you, Mary, for calling in. And Joe and uh, Alex and Lisa, it's been a great show. I know we have so much more to share, but, hey, we got a show next week, y'all, okay? And we have yes, politics. Come on now. Um, and, uh, of course, we have Soul Vibrations on Thursday. So um, we're doing it. We're doing it here at TC5CL. I want to thank everybody for calling in. I guess the chief couldn't call in tonight. He's busy doing other things, but that's okay. I know he's listening in. Um, so we want to thank everyone for calling in. Of course, this show has been recorded. You can go back and listen for the next uh, maybe two hours. I can listen to it over again. And, of course, tune in on Monday for Compton Politics with Lorenzo Murphy. Of course, on Tuesday night we have Barbara McKee and Rodney Best with Straight Talk from the Higher Brush, my show on Wednesday. And, of course, tomorrow night, everybody tune in with uh, Dr. Nanana Quaco and with Soul Vibration. And can I say this one thing before we all go? Um, from now on, from now on, when you call, for our own protection, when you call in or, or go on the Internet, to, if, since we have spies, turn off your location on your phone and things of that nature so that there won't be any tracking, even though they can track us anyhow. But it would just be good if you turn, if you turn off your location. Turn <laughs> no, they got a way to do it. They got a way to do it, of course. Of still, course. We, want, we want to make it hard for them. We want to make it That's hard right. for them. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, everyone, I want to wish everyone a good night. And be safe out there, and okay? And be safe. Good yes. night. Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.